Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we have a question that came up. It came up from a sermon that I preached this past week. We're going to talk about how can I have a closer relationship with God? That's a big topic. That's real important. That's that's going to come up someday when we stand before God. We're all going to wish that we that we walk closer. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And I the whole goal for you know even uh, even in church, one one of my goals, and I've told people this whole year, I'm so focused on teaching the Word of God so that you have absolute clarity and application for your life. Yeah. I mean, that's why I go to church, right? You know, um, I, I have a pastor that's same age as my, my daughter and he feeds my soul. It isn't like, uh, Matt, Matt can get deep on you. Oh man. yeah. He, that he, dude's smart. He's a, he is a really a, a great student of the word of God and he feeds my soul. And so I remember, uh, we went to Sunday school, uh, when I was a child and my mama and twice a year we would stay at for the church service, you know, <laughs> And we didn't. You guys do were priesters, priesters. <laughs> yeah, yeah Christmas we went to Sunday Easter. school every week. <laughs> and w- w- I was—I remember when we went to Sunday school in church. It really wasn't to draw closer to God. It was just right. to kind of get God off our back, appease our conscience, so we God be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for real, you know, I—I I really didn't the desire to draw close to God. Right. I w- it wouldn't even have a clue what that meant. Right. There was a cute girl in the class, though. That, that helps. Yeah. That helps Lynn get Packer, you going. She though. hated me. <laughs> Tried to entertain her, you know, make these noises. She didn't think it was funny. <laughs> you might have to edit that out, Johnny. I'm sorry, man. There is no <laughs> way that's going anywhere. <laughs> so that means if you want to see that, you have to watch it on video. But what a great question! And I think most of our people that come to the house of God really come with that. That's why they're there. They want to be closer. So. They want to grow. They're facing things in the world that are a little bit intimidating right now. It's like I, we just need God. We need His peace. We need His wisdom yes. to guide us through. So what a great topic! I can't wait to jump in on this. Well, with that, I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, and he, uh, <laughs> he <laughs> leave me alone, man. And uh, he is uh, uh, man, a great guy. Listen, make sure you go on his podcast. One other podcast I want to throw out real quick. We have a new friend. Oh man, uh, Walter man Swaim, and Walter Swaim is and and what a perfect podcast. How to draw closer to God, man. Some of his yeah. stuff is so Excellent. good. Yeah, he went to the same college as we did. We didn't know him from Adam. He's in Texas. Yeah. And uh, John saw one of his podcasts somehow. I don't know where you picked that up at, but uh, fabulous material. And he needed a little assistance um, <laughs> uh, on technical things. <laughs> John's the man. And he picked up and uh, made contact with him and uh, sent him a ver- some very valuable equipment. Man, you uh, you give too much away. He, he would never say you. that. I, he wasn't going to bring it up, but I am. So this guy practices yeah. what he's preaching. Uh, I love him, and I kind of need him. And well, his, pers- I, his, his personality and his quirks. You know, <laughs> I, I, even, I even like them, Johnny. <laughs> well, I would tell you, so we w- I watched his video, and and I went, this dude has great information. Yeah, he's awesome. Godly man. But his video was hard for me to watch. Yeah, well, he's a preacher. He didn't know all this technology right. and microphones and cameras and settings and lighting. You know, yeah. he, needs, he needs some geek from upstate New York to yeah. kind of connect him up, fix him. And I'm man. the geek. Think you about, are. Think about that. You are, Charlie. So, <laughs> any rate, I, I contacted him and I was like, "Hey, man, listen, <clears throat> make make a few of these adjustments, and I think I think you'll have a wonderful." looking podcast because your information is already solid man he's got a rock star voice i mean he can just you know is so good to listen to sweet spirited man as well. oh great guy so his name is walter swaim and he his podcast is called truth unbound truth unbound u-n-b-o-u-n-d and if you go on youtube pull up truth unbound it'll come right up because he's the only one with that name, which is really cool, and it helps you to find yeah. it. That's Walter Swaim with an M, not N, as in nice. It's an M. Yes, Swaim. S W A I M. Correct. And uh, you can go on to, he's on Anchor, but you can go on any podcast platform because he's pretty much getting it up on all of it. And just look up Truth Unbound. He is new, 
just starting out in the last uh, the last month, month and a half, whatever it's been, six weeks now. Listen, I'm giving him a huge shout out because he is working really hard, and I really want you to go and encourage him and get on there and listen to his stuff. It's, it's modern day, man. He's up on it. He researches everything he has. He backs it up. Great, great podcast. So and now, I second that emotion. Right. Isn't that so? It's so cool. So now you have Pastor Duke and you have Truth Unbound and According to John. If you tune into those three, we will cover every topic that you ever want to know about when it comes to Jesus. Yes, and we'll probably get you thrown into Facebook, uh, uh, Facebook jail. Yeah. Too. <laughs> I just got out. I know. I, I know. just got out of Facebook Proud jail. Proud of you, bro. Proud of you. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> right there. Man. I've been doing jail ministry forever, you know. Yeah, I. Uh, they said that I violated their their community standards four times in the last month, and they had enough. <laughs> so they that's the dumbest crap I've ever heard. We're on the winning team, brother. You know, oh. blessed are you when all men shall revile you, speak evil against you falsely. Right? Yeah. 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 And the, here's the crazy thing: all I did was post information that was on the CDC yeah. site. Yeah, right straight from the CDC site. Straight from the CDC site, and they quoted it as false information and violated. One day, the fact checkers are going to stand before the fact checker. And uh, I think yeah, they're going to burn. Yeah, yeah, and their check is going to get fact. That's what I'm going <laughs> to tell you. <laughs> Careful there, Johnny. Went right up to the edge again. <laughs> hey, guys, listen. We're going to talk about how can I have a closer relationship with God. <clears throat> and to answer that question, we're going to have a word of prayer, and then we're going to get into it. But, again, don't forget, tune in to Truth Unbound with Walter Swaim. I think you're going to love his podcast. And, of course, Pastor Duke tune into his podcast is fantastic dude that last one you just put up i loved it whenever i kick button take names you get excited johnny i, <laughs> I knew you'd like it loved it man as i'm editing it i'm going this is this is gold yeah i put a lot of time into it and um, i think it'll help people t to just understand that satan plays hardball mm. he doesn't play fair he's in our face he frames things. He lifts up people who are willing. To, he he likes for there to be Christian celebrities and allows them to be lifted up. Yeah, because so he can take them out. Those those uh, not only that, but bring up celebrities so you can watch them and take your eyes off of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, drives me crazy. All right, guys, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to get started on how can I have a closer relationship with God, brother? If you will open us. Father, we pray for anointing. We pray for guidance of your spirit. Pray for open hearts and minds of listeners that we could uh, make Jesus more real, more precious to them, and that we could grow together. So protect us from the evil one. And I pray that you'll use this uh, podcast to touch the hearts of, of multitudes as we put it up on the World Wide Web where Satan seems to have a great domain, yet you use it all for your glory as well. Committed to you, Jesus. You're worthy. Amen. Amen. Okay, let me discuss how this started. I preached a sermon on 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Okay, realistically, it wasn't the whole verse. I have this habit where I can, I can preach a whole sermon on one word, and, and sometimes I do that. Well, it happened last week, and, and literally this podcast is going up Tuesday, so it'll, be in, it'll only be one Sunday removed, if you will. So anyway, I, I preach a podcast, uh, preach a podcast. <laughs> so I preach a sermon on first Peter chapter two, verse four, which says this coming to him as to a living stone rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious before we could move on with that whole verse, I really felt this need to discuss the phrase coming to him. Because coming to him, literally that word coming is a, uh, is a very aggressive word in the Greek, and it's erkamai, and it's pro-erkamai. So it literally means a compound word. It's a compound word, and it's very progressive in the fact that uh, you are coming to Jesus with intensity and uh, um, intentionality to 
have this love relationship with him. It's not a casual word. It's not, it's not a, a casual. It's not a passive word. It's a commanding word. It's a compound word. It, it's uh, and I love that uh, with intentionality and intensity. So you were talking about Joellen. And, and how, <laughs> right. And how, when you were in college, you, you would, he would talk about Joellen. Jo- so every time, well, she, I was a desperate man, <laughs> I was an ugly man looking for a beautiful woman. I needed a miracle. Okay. So set yeah. this thing up yeah. you know. <laughs> and God is good brother. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, you, you married, married way up, way up, way up. But we're talking about you right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so Duke and I were talking. He was like, "Yeah, you know, I went to college, and and of course when I, when Joe Ellen and I got together, and we were dating, he said nobody, everybody that sat with me, the only thing I could say was yeah, Joe Ellen this, Joe Ellen likes this, Joe Ellen likes that, Joe Ellen's going to do this, Joe Ellen's going to Joe Ellen, Joe Ellen, Joe Ellen, Joe Ellen. Yeah, it's driving people crazy because I, I you talk about what you're in thinking love about with what, what you're think? in love with, and yes. it just I just I was driving people crazy. What are you passionate about? That and that's what you were doing. Yeah. That's what that word literally means when it says coming to him, that you have such a desire to be so intimate with Jesus that that's, that's your life. Yeah. It, 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 it captures you yes. in a fabulous way. You're, I love the word enamored. Mm. No, you're Perfect just, word, yeah. You know, yeah. You, you don't even want to divert your focus. It just, you know, I'd get a letter from her, um, I wrote her every day. She wrote me twice a week. <laughs> so when I got that letter from her, you know, man, I just, I, I wouldn't even leave the mail room. I just open it up right there and just read it, you know, and they were short. They weren't long. And, and uh, I'd write six pages. <laughs> she'd, she'd write like half a page, but I, I think I had it memorized before I left the the room. I get to class and I'd pull it out again and read it again. I get, I'd go back to my room before lunch and read it and read it. And I'd write her a six page letter back, you know? <laughs> and then she responds. Yeah. I love you too, Duke. <laughs> yeah. Have a good day. Right. Oh my goodness. But that's, that's literally what first Peter four or two, four is talking about when it says it coming to him, it's that intensity and that love and the passion. So after, after the service and, and since the service, so the last few days I've had literally, so many people come up to me or text me and say, okay, pastor, I understand what that word means and that word to draw closer to Jesus and have this real personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. But how do you make that happen? Like, and, and what they're asking is, uh, you know, how to listen, how do we, how do we put feet to that? Mm-hmm. So I thought what I would do is take today and answer that question as best as we can answer it. In, in the process, I came up with five things and then one thing that completely encapsulated it so that if you're ever struggling and you can't remember the five things, you can go to one passage. Mm-hmm. And can't wait to get there. And it's so good, right? So we're going we're gonna to work on that. We'll, we'll work our way to it. So, listen, I love the fact if you're, if you're the one that's trying to draw closer to Jesus and you're the one that's trying to build that, that relationship with Jesus, uh, that is amazing, and, and to have the desire to do that and be intentional about that shows that you're born again. Because truly, only people that are born again would, would have a desire to grow closer to Jesus. Yeah, it it would absolutely make no sense to others. You know, yeah, absolutely. And and I want to encourage you that Paul, who I, listen, who walked closer to Jesus than Paul? Let's just be honest. Yeah. And yet Paul in Philippians three eight and nine, because he wanted that closer relationship as well. And in Philippians 3, 8, and 9, he says this, Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, yes, uh, of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. And so he's like, listen, Man, I in, I count everything as loss or rubbish to gain the excellency of Christ. Yeah, it's not what I've done. It's what he's done for me. And so this whole desire, and he's like, I want to keep pursuing that and keep pursuing that. Uh, John the Baptist, when John the Baptist said, listen, uh, 
you know, I got to decrease so he can increase. Amen. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus, right? And, you know, religion's the opposite of that, how we can use God like a cosmic vending machine. We can kind of do do this little thing, play some kind of a little game with him, little little contract and apps. Yep. That's religion. That's yeah. not. Or, or how about this? That's not Christianity. How about this? <laughs> He's my genie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So Paul longed for it. And then through the process of this, <clears throat> there's five, five basic things that we can do. And, and I think if we, if we do these five things, uh, which seem very simple, but can be really uh, a task if we're not careful. So the five basic things that we can do to have a close relationship with God. Number one, wait a minute here. Some of them are given right in the text there. You, you're going to skip verse 10? I'm not going to let you skip verse 10, Johnny, because right there is the theme. It's right in your face. Are you going to miss that? Here we go. I'm not going to miss okay, it. Okay, go back to it there, bro. Uh, Philippians 3.10. Here we go. Now I'll be happy. <laughs> that I may know him yeah. and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. I know him, but I don't know him enough. Right. How can I know him more? more? Yeah, right. That's that's actually really good, brother. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes he needs the old the old man to come alongside <laughs> him. And... It's like Johnny, you're stopping. Look at that. Yeah, look that at that. I the... may know him. That's our topic right there. <laughs> look at the gold you just left behind. Yeah. I, I'm not going to take young, a point away on that. Young, man, you were close. Young puppies, man. What are they thinking? <laughs> so the first thing is that we can do is to make it a daily habit of confessing our sin yep. to him. Yeah. We have one mediator between God and man, and that's Christ Jesus. Our sin has separated us from God, and he just wants us to come to him as a father. I know when... You know, my kids would do something they really knew was wrong, and I still love them the same. doesn't matter, but I'm ticked off a little bit. And then they put their head down and get their lip out, you know. And <laughs> they're, they're, they're penitent. Right, right. They come up. It's like, yeah, lesson learned. Hug, give me a hug. And, and we learn from that. Well, and there's a lot of relief in that. You know, so my daughter, when she was very young, and um, she was doing things – she wasn't acting on them, but they were via emails, mm -hmm. if you will. So I I saw one of the emails and it wasn't inappropriate, but it was inappropriate. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it just it wasn't it could it could easily lead to something different. So I called him out on it and then I called the parents of the boy that sent the email and I had a meeting with the parents and their son and me and my daughter and we all sat down together and said, Hey guys, listen, we, we gotta you know, we're, we're going to stop this train before it gains any momentum. Yeah. Stitch in time saves nine. It's not a scripture, but right. A little leaven, leaven the whole lump. So hit it when it's small. That's right. You got to get it, get it right there up front. Well, when it was all said and done, because my daughter wasn't sharing the email with me. And I think at the time she was 13 years old. But when I saw the email and then called it all out and called everything out in the open, and afterwards, we were on our way home because we met at the church. And she said, Dad, I'm glad that is out and over because it was exhausting me. Yep. That's what David's prayed in Psalm 51. You know, it, it, his sin was exhausting him. Yep. It's in the text there. It's amazing. It, so she was excited that it was done because now... It's out in the open. It's dealt yeah. with. She doesn't feel like she's got to hurt the boy's feelings. She's not hiding anything from me, and she can start honoring God again. And that was the whole thing. And and I think it's the same way here, guys. Uh, listen, that you confess your sin. First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I like to throw in a thought that point, John, First John you just quoted, that's one a verse I almost wear out in my Bible, you know, because I go to it almost daily. Um, a lot of times people come to, and they, they pray, they, they ask forgiveness, and they don't feel forgiven. Right. And I've had, 
a hundred people tell me that through the years. Well, I pray and ask God forgiveness. I still don't feel forgiven. I still feel guilty. I say, you know, God is the author of conviction. God sends conviction to confront us with our sin and to cause us to confess our sin and turn away from our sin. Satan, however, uh, he, he sends guilt to make you feel like a yeah, and guilt is bondage. Yeah, guilt makes you feel like a dirt ball when you're yep. trying to do right. And I say, right. you know, that guilt, that guilt comes from from the enemy, whereas the conviction comes from God. Right. And they feel the same way. Mm-hmm. They feel exactly. But that's why you have to have the the clarity of the Word of God. Okay, and the discerning of the spirits. Yeah, Lord, I I'm sorry. I've sinned against you. I confess it to you with your help. Let me turn from it. Let me learn from it. And I still feel guilty, but that's the enemy. And I'm glad he hates me, but I know you've forgiven me because you've said so, and you're not a lie, and, and, and take away this guilt. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like the doors of, of, of peace start to open up, and, well, and we reconnect in a deeper level. Well, and here's the thing. To ask for forgiveness of your sin, but if you don't turn away from that sin, God's not going to forgive you. Right. Like, there's all these things that uh, that attach to that, yeah. and so make sure that when you ask for forgiveness, that you're turning away from it as well. If you really want God to hear you, in Luke chapter 18, <clears throat> verse 11, I, I'm going to go to 10. And the only reason I'm going all the way up to this because I want to show the difference. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. Uh, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even as this tax collector, because the two men were side by side. It was a tax collector and a Pharisee, a religious man, and and a man who understood who he was. And then verse 12, he says, oh, look at me, God. I fast twice a week, and I give tithes of all that I possess. And then here you have the tax collector. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Broken, contrite, confesses. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, verse 14, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, and that word justified is just as if you never sinned. Amen. God looks at us just as if we never sinned. We're justified rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Then we have Psalm 51, 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Everything starts with brokenness. Everything starts with humility. Grace begins to flood that zone. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the contrast, the, the arrogant religious guy bragging about how awesome he was and just made God sick. Yeah, yeah. God's like, I, I, got, I got no use for that. I love when you talk to people and they have the attitude of the Pharisee. And you're like, dude, let me poke you in the eye so you can see better. <laughs> you know what I'm so the second thing that we can do, the first one is confess our sin. The second thing that we can do is listen when God speaks. Mm-hmm. Now, God speaks to us mainly through the word of God. I know a lot of people, they are chasing a supernatural, right? This supernatural experience of hearing God's voice. Yeah, buzz, a dream, some kind of a supernatural sign. And God's like, hey, I've given you my word. I gave you my word. Read my word. I'll talk to you. But see, people today are more interested in being emotionally moved than what they are in in being moved by the word of God, literally by reading and, and being moved by what God says. So if you want to experience God's voice, read his word. (laughs) <laughs> you, yeah. you'll get, you'll get you, what, what will happen is you'll understand what God wants you to do. And then when God speaks to you, you'll know it's him. If you leave the word of God out and you're just chasing this supernatural experience, whether it's in a dream or a vision or whatever, I had a, I had a lady one time I was uh, witnessing to her and I asked her, uh, you know, listen, do you, are you going to heaven when you die? And she goes, yeah. I went, that's awesome. How do you know? She's like, well, one night I had this dream. My bedroom was on fire and an angel showed up at the foot of my bed and carried me out of the house. And I go, that's awesome. But how do you know you're going to heaven? Well, the angel. 
kind of forgot to bring up Jesus, the cross, redemption, shedding of blood, mm-hmm. confession, repentance, regeneration, kind of left out those things. All of it, right? So yeah, yeah. I said, how do you know you're going to heaven? She said, the angel. And I go, but what about the word of God? Jesus says, right? And then but I, we didn't want to hear that because it ruins the dream. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think Satan gives people dreams so that they hold on to the dream and and reject the word of God. That's a great point. Yeah, I've seen that many, many times. It breaks my heart. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, the dream's good. That's interesting. But you're not going to stand before God one day and hold up a dream. Right. You're going to stand before God. He's going to open the books. You're going to be judged out of things written in the in the word of God, mm-hmm. not according to a dream. Yeah. And it does uh, deflate people. But it does. They, it's better to deflate them with truth and to uh, encourage them in a lie. Right. First Peter or I'm sorry, Second Peter one nine. Second Peter one. I don't. I'm, I don't know what is wrong with my reading today, brother. Second Peter one nineteen. Second <laughs> Peter one nineteen. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. We have the word of God, and you do well to heed its truth. That special relationship with the Word of God. I remember when I was a new believer, uh, everything was so new to me, and God was kind of, I had such a fire in my heart. I, I kind of came very quickly into the nucleus of the church, and it wasn't because I was such a great growing Christian, but there were great Christians in our church who saw something happening in my heart. They pulled me in, and this one guy was a barber, and I had long bleached blonde hair, you know, and I wanted to identify away from the hippie movement. Uh, <laughs> what happened? Was, I really had a whole bunch of Jesus to do that. So I went and had him cut off my hair and make give me my Baptist haircut. You, you know? got so, a haircut again. Uh, I apologize. When, what, dude. Do, what, uh, my, wife's, my wife is very powerful. We need to take you know? a moment. <laughs> I, I would be a little bit We need bit to take freaky. a moment and repent. Did you do that? Uh, yeah, I did. I, so, I'm sorry. But I remember I That's went so to get uh, to get my hair cut, and he went to our church, and uh, he was this guy was so on fire for Jesus. His name was Don Hirschner, and we memorized the scripture together. He goes, he goes, I know you're not just getting a haircut. He goes, and he did it for free. Wow! Uh, I didn't have any money, and he loved Jesus, and he knew I was growing, and he wanted to give me a good Baptist haircut. <laughs> so uh, we memorized the scripture. He goes, I'm not going to cut your hair unless you memorize the scripture with me. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not mm-hmm. sin against thee. He sat there and memorized this word with me before he gave me a free haircut. You know, there's people that... That was priceless. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? And here it is, you know, 40... Two years later, forty-three yeah. years and later, it's still there, and it's still there. And uh, but the man had a passion for the Word of God, and uh, I saw that in him, and it just kind of bled over to me. I love those kind of people. Well, and here's the thing: in fact, you're one of those kind of people, yeah. John. Maybe that's why I love you so Amen, much, brother. Right? <laughs> that's why I put up with all this, all this, <laughs> you know, all this geeky technology stuff. Man, I don't know. <laughs> Who would ever thunk it? Oh my goodness. Uh, but I think it's so cool that someone's willing to invest in your life, not just for a temporary haircut, but for eternity yeah. of helping you remember, remember that Remember that verse haircut. in his barber chair. Yeah. 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 That is it. awesome. Second Timothy three sixteen and 17. <clears throat> All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that a man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for all aspects of our life. Mm-hmm. And so the, when, when we're talking about the second thing being that we listen when God speaks, we listen to his word because it's profitable to completely complete us. And I remember as this was becoming part of my life and, and all of us who've grown a little bit in the Lord, we know that. And it's like, uh, I, my nature would have taken me to this place on Friday night. And now I've got the word of God in my heart and I got godly people in my life and all, you know, that desire to go, go out, yeah. be cool, get high, get drunk, you know, wine, women and song. And now, now there's something greater in me than just my natural desires. I say, no, you know, I, I did that long enough. That well, and, and that I turned was, from it. That was, mm, we're going to get to that point too, the, because the, the, the literally where the word of God becomes a light mm-hmm. to our path. I'm sorry, it, I jumped ahead there. No, but you're you're right because uh, that's what happens when you when you realize the value of the word of God. And and I said this in the past, and I'm going to say it again. 
even if you're not saved, you cannot deny the value in just the principles of the word of God. They work. They work. They keep people out of jail. Of course, now they're putting us in jail. Yeah, now they're putting <laughs> us. They yeah. used to keep us now, out of jail. Now you're guilty, boy. You're guilty for trying to help someone stay not guilty. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, so the, so the first thing that we have is that we confess our sins daily. The second thing is when God speaks, we listen, which is through his word. The third thing is we can, uh, that we can do is speak to him through prayer. So prayer or, or the word of God is God speaking to us. Prayer is us speaking to God. And I know some people go, well, uh, I don't know how to pray. Yeah, do you know how to talk? If you know how to talk, you know how to pray. God just wants to come, you to come to him being genuine and being real. As a matter of fact, in 1 Peter chapter 1, he, said, he talks about the genuineness of your faith and that it has to be genuine. If, if your faith is genuine, right? Guys, I'm telling you, if your faith is genuine, sit down and talk with God by yourself. Turn the world off and seek his face. And, and intentionality. It's the intentionality. Intensity, right where we started. There we are again. Yeah. You know, I just read two days ago, King Hezekiah, a good king, one of the few good kings of Judah, is being attacked by the Assyrians, who were like the great military power of the world at that time. And Israel was basically defenseless. <laughs> he went up to the house of God <laughs> and he prayed. Yeah. And his prayer was short and it was simple. And his prayers were really the word of God, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You said that you'd bring your people, that's us, into this land, and that you would be with us, and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And you said that the enemy would come in like a flood, but, but you would be our defense. And so we've seen you do miracles in the past, and we need another miracle. Lord, we're your people. You said that no evil that is brought against us shall prosper. So... Uh, and, uh, you know, it's crazy. God told him to put down your weapons, get together the, the worship team, <laughs> the instruments and the singers, go out on the edge of where the battlefield would expect it to be, just send out the choir. And they went out and sang, and God discomfited. I love that old King James word, discomfited the enemy. They kind of freaked out one after each other. Yeah, they turned on each There's other. There's about four places in the Old Testament yeah. where God did that, and that was one of them. But his prayer, it was real simple. Basically, he knew the word of God, and now his back's against the wall, and he just presents the word of God in prayer back to God. Basically, like, you know, I, I tell my kids, I make them a promise. You know, after church, we'll go to McDonald's, and I get forget all about it, and they would bring it up to me. <laughs> yes, they don't forget. Dad, you said, <laughs> right? Heavenly Father, when he makes a promise to us, he's, they're not teasers. Right. He, when he makes a promise to us, he loves us. And when we have his promise. Well, and, he, and he's a God that cannot lie. So yeah. he has to fulfill the promise. We've embraced that promise. We believe it. And now we need a miracle. for, And we, we pray. I, I heard it called praying back the word of God. And I know when I, when I read the word of God, I, a lot of times I say, God. Well, how I'm can reading, he reject his truth? How can he reject his word? This he is can. another dimension. I, I pray the word of God. As I read it back to him, like I'm saying, Lord, I believe this. This is your word. I'm believing this. I'm not just reading what you said. I'm believing what you said. I'm praying it back because I'm going to be, my back's against some walls too, mm -hmm. and I need wisdom too, and I'm facing things over my head. It's not the Assyrian army. Well, and, well, and here's, the, here's the, you just said it. We have to be patient. We got to wait on God. We pray to God. Our back's against the wall, but we got to be patient yeah. for God to answer. You know my prayer for patience, don't you? <laughs> Lord, give me patience and give it to me now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, and, well, and that's the problem. We're a microwave society. Yeah. We want everything Insta now. Yeah. And that's not how God operates. Sometimes God just wants you to come to him a few times so he can hear from you every now and then. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got to have patience. Prayers are a little bit deeper than just uh, Google uh, searches, you know. They're not. That's right. They're not paint, uh, paint surface deep. That's for sure. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious. Boy, that's a word for today, isn't it? Yes, sir. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That word guard literally means will stand at the post and protect you. That's precious. 
you know, it's that's that's an interaction of God. It's not just words that we say to God, but it's just that overriding uh, presence of God protecting us, angels given charge over us, things in the spirit world that we can't even see but we know are true. Yeah, First Thessalonians 5.17. It is probably one of the simplest verses that you're going to find. Pray without ceasing. <laughs> yeah. Pray, 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 pray. And that's not talking about bowing your head, closing your eyes as you're driving up the Adirondack <laughs> Northway. Yeah. It's just having well, this consciousness of God's presence right. and practicing that right. and communing with him. And we see things. And if I see a flower, instead of saying, oh, that's a pretty flower, I say, that, oh, Lord, that's beautiful. Right. Is is that, but also we have to find that secret closet. Mm-hmm. And I think for most people, they miss the secret closet. They're so busy, they don't have time to just stop the world for Jesus for 30 minutes and go, Lord, I've shut everything off. Please sit with me. I need you to hear me. Yeah, in that secret place, you know, that we intentionally and with intensity go lock the world out and be alone with him. And uh, the Father who seeth in secret will reward oh, you oh, you're, openly. You're, you're going to my next verse, Matthew 6, 6 through 7. I did that on purpose, John. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you, but you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Verse 7 And when you pray, and this goes back to earlier when we were talking about the Pharisees and you were talking about praying and and it wasn't just Hezekiah went in there and like his prayer was to the point, right? When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do or the Pharisees do, right? For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask. And then we're given an example of how to pray. But the idea here is number one, go to your secret place, go. And listen, if you're married and you have children and your children are are of age, tell them, do not bother me. I'm going into my secret place. Not, not to take a nap, (laughs) but to talk to God. Mm -hmm. And then if they bother you, if you don't stop it immediately, what you've done is you've given them permission to bother you again, and now you're putting them over God. And God says that you are to hate your parents and hate your children and hate everyone else. Uh, by way of comparison. By way of comparison, exactly. So you are to love God so much that nobody else will interrupt that because he's the most important thing. And that's what he means by hate. Is not You don't actually hate, it's just by comparison. Mm-hmm. The third thing is that we speak to him through prayer. The fourth thing that we do or that we can do is to find a body of believers. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That is accurate beyond belief or who you hang out with. Yeah. And uh, I remember hanging out with people that were really... uh, bringing me down and I just had to decide, you know, wherefore come out from among them, be obedient to the word and have no fellowship with them. I went to these uh, old party friends of mine and I said, look, I've I've committed my life to Christ. I love you. I'm better than no man. I'm just a chief of sinners among us. And uh, I'm I'm, I'm struggling and I love you. I've loved uh, you've had a big place in my life. And yet I'm no longer heading in that uh, revel, revelry lifestyle. I'm not going to be partying like I, till I puke like I used to. Uh, and so if you want to go fishing or hunting uh, yeah, I'm or in. hiking, I'm in. But I just, uh, I, I, it's not, I'm not trying to be better than you, but I, I, I can't go that way. And, you know, every one of them respected me for oh, that. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a lady, a friend of mine on Facebook, and she posted this the other day. Um, obviously last week because I've been in Facebook jail, (laughs) but she said on there, if I delete you as my friend, it's not re it's not rejection. It's protection for me. That's powerful. When you think about it, willing to take the steps to go, 
I got to protect myself so that I can walk closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I got to protect myself because you're not the, you're not a benefit for me. There's got to be times in your life when you look at your friends and if they're not willing to respect you, that you have to step back from them. Right. And so the, the thing that we got to do is we have to find a body of believers and we got to hang out with them. And, and I'm, that is a vital component to this whole thing. Uh, for us to stay strong. People say, well, I don't need to go to church to love Jesus. Well, I guarantee you, you won't keep on loving Jesus if you don't go to church. Yeah. You know, in every church you have... The, and you won't grow closer. Yeah. Go ahead. In every church you have the, the body, you have the perimeter, and then you, as you get deeper into the church, you end up with the nucleus. And the people in the uh, the perimeter of the church are kind of in and kind of out. And I started out there... You know, I'd come to church every Sunday, but then, you know, I'd, I'd kind of go out into the edges of the world a little bit, too, because we have this waving, the, you know, the things I don't want to do, I do, things I want to do, I don't do. And so no matter how committed you are, and I found that when I was in the perimeter of the church and I would slip away a bit, I'm out in the world, and that's that's a dangerous place to be. But then when I'd be kind of on a high note, I'd be with, with the church people again, and nobody's trying to sell me dope, and nobody's trying to, you know, I'm not hearing filthy language. How much language. joy did you have when you got in the circle of I the loved church? loved it. loved it. And, uh, There's so I, much peace in there because you know, you know you're not walking into poison. Yeah. And soon I realized not everybody in the church was as committed as others. Right. Jesus had, you know, there were the 5,000 when it was a free lunch, and they'd listen to Jesus. <laughs> and then there was only 120 in the upper room. Holy Spirit pointed it out. And then it was only 12 apostles. Then it was only three in the inner circle, and only John made it all the way to the cross. cross. So I want to be like John. I want to be with Jesus at the cross. But then I learned that even though I I have this wavering thing that goes on in my life, if I get right to the nucleus of the church, right in the center, and I kind of weaken, I'm still in the church. When I'm out here and I weaken, now I'm back in You're the You're out of the church. Bit. Yes, great point, man. And, and so I learned that I have to, you know, I'm not just going to go to church. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to really build my life around the church. Gates of hell can't prevail against this that's church. Right. So that's a, that's my safe place. Right. Well, Psalm 95, 1 and 2. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. Is let us come together to rejoice in God. Right? And then in Hebrews 10.25, which I love Hebrews 10.25, but I'm going to go back up to 19 real quick to cover, to get the whole idea of this. It says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Here's the reasons. Now let us draw, if, if we go into uh, verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. That's it. Draw near, true heart, full assurance, simple faith. It's, then once you have that, excuse me, once you have that, he goes on having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And then we have 24. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Let us consider each other Mm -hmm. so that we can empower and help, right? Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as uh, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching <clears throat> to come together as a, as a family is vital for our existence to stay in the family. Absolutely. If you ask my kids, uh, the highlight of growing up, they'll all say dinner, one word, not, Oh, mom and dad took us to Disney. Oh, we traveled around the country. Oh, we went to, we went to Europe numerous times. They won't say that. You say, what was the greatest development, uh, you know, in your childhood, your greatest memory? They say dinner. Dinner. Because we had good food. Right. (laughs) We had dessert every day. And that's where everybody sat every day. There you go. And we opened up. We talked. Mm -hmm. We sang. We sang a lot at the dinner table. A lot of more silly songs. (laughs) Veggie Tales. You know, they weren't great, (laughs) great hymns of the faith. But we sang. We laughed. We we were silly. Mm -hmm. And, And listen, and that was... 
just like church is for so many people today, that was the consistent in their life. Yeah. The constant, the consistent, the always. They knew. And I'm, listen, dinner as a family is some amazing glue. And then we, when there was a burden, even if it was dad or mom, if there was a burden, everybody knew about it. And we would pray right yeah. at dinner table over some bullying, bullying that was going on in, in fourth, Leah's fourth grade class. Mm-hmm. And, and her older, her younger sister, Rachel, took care of it on the school bus the next day. She beat the nice. crap out of the bull. Nice. Go, <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> I gave her, I, I suggested she might do that, and she did. Her father, the, the boy's father, it was a boy. She beat up a boy. Yeah. And the father uh, didn't, uh, the father called me, kind of challenged me on the phone. He yeah. got, somehow got our number, and he called me, hey, your kid beat up my kid on the bus today, and I think that's a bunch of crap and all that. And I could tell he didn't know that I was a minister. <laughs> did he know fun. that? Did he know that and was he, a girl? He didn't know that was a girl. <laughs> and I said yes. Yeah, I said yes. I, I said I don't mean to be an offense. I said, but your son was bullying my daughter, and I gave my other daughter, who's strong like bull, permission to beat up your son. Yeah. It was a girl. I said, <laughs> yeah. He goes, I apologize. <laughs> And we became good buddies. <laughs> right? Dude, I'm telling you that. Oh, that's so funny. All right. So. Uh, I just chased a rabbit. Sorry. That's John. okay. That's all right. So we have to we have to find a body of believers to get into. So the last thing, the fifth thing, is that we have to have, if you want a closer relationship with God, you have to have a life of obedience. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work any other way. John 14, 23. <clears throat> Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. If you, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. He will be obedient. And I think a lot of people lose that, you know, um, James four, seven through eight, therefore submit to God. The second half, you know, everybody's like submit to God, right? And he's going to bless you, right? The devil will flee from you. But there's a second part there. Submit to God. Part one, resist the devil, part two, and then he'll flee from you, part three. Verse eight, draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Confession and repentance. It's always the same. It never changes. And and people people want everything on their terms, and God doesn't operate that way. I've, I quote the scripture, can't remember where it's at, maybe you can help me with this, but it says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord won't hear me. Yes. And I don't know exactly where that's at. I don't either, but it's in the Bible. It's in, <laughs> it's in the Bible. Give me one Johnny second. He'll cheat. He'll, he'll look it up. I will. Uh, confession. I heard a guy say confession is getting on God's side of things against yourself. Isn't that neat? That is. That God, I'm in ag- I'm in agreement with you about my behavior, and I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And you know, we don't need to sensationalize that or or make that into something complicated. That's Psalm sixty six eighteen. There we go. Yeah. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So, and iniquity is sin. You know, and there was, my kids have, yeah. have been off. I loved how you brought in the children illustrations there, and because he's our father, and mm-hmm. we're his children. And when we, it, when my kids have done wrong, and they're sorry, and it's just like everything's fixed, and now the blessings can begin to flow again. But if they, if they're in denial about mm-hmm. that, we're, the, the talk's not over yet. We're gonna, we're gonna come down. We're gonna nail that. Yes, and we're gonna learn from that. And, and you we'll have to. Yeah, you yeah. have to. Or else, or else, it, there's never any uh, the fellowship. Snap. Well, the fellowship's never restored. Yeah. And since God so, knows your heart, you can't hide it from Him. Your, our daughters can hide it from us, yeah, but, but we can't hide it from God. The Bible says we stand before Him as naked. Yeah. That could be scary for some, but either way, you know what I'm saying. Here we go. Best is yet to come, folks. I'm telling we you. are, all right? And I'm trying to roll to it because I don't want to go over our time, but boy, you got to get this. Uh, so, just for clarification, uh, we don't earn salvation through obedience, but through our obedience, we show our love and gratitude to God. Uh, so through confession, Bible study, prayer, and church attendance, regular church attendance and obedience, there's your five things. If you will practice those five things, you can have a closer relationship with God. And I know that it seems simple, actually simple, very simplistic, but for some reason it's incredibly difficult. So I thought all right, let's take and look at one passage that would clarify or really uh, uh, help us 
to make this just easy place to go to to be reminded. Capsulize the thing. Yeah. Put the whole thing in a nutshell. Everything in one a nutshell. Passage. Here we go. You ready? I'm ready. Psalm chapter 1. Now, I love Psalm chapter 1. It's, first off, it's easy. Second, it is the road to success. But it also explains the road to destruction. It does it all in six verses. You Protection can read it in two minutes. Protection or destruction. Minutes. Protection or destruction. It, your choice. It mm-hmm. clearly shows it. So in this passage, contextually, it's talking about the saved and the lost man. But I'm going to use this because I think it fits spiritually. Yeah. For, for this topic. Verse 1, Psalm 1.1. 1, 1. Blessed is the man. That word blessed literally means happy, happy. Mm-hmm. Happy, happy is the person who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. I, I say that that verse 1 literally is blessed is the man or the person who does not allow the world to distract him from the things of God. Kind of show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Now, you brought out a great point earlier about Peter. Yeah, Peter fell. Peter was a great guy. Jesus gave him the keys of the kingdom. Peter, awesome, awesome, awesome. But he had a pride issue. He he did. And uh, when Jesus broke the news to the guys, had gone to the cross, Peter's like, no, you know, you're not going to die. You're too important. I'll (laughs) die. We'll die. We love you. well, Well, here's the funny thing. He didn't say we'll die. What he actually said was, Jesus, I don't know about these dudes. But, but I'll in. I'll die. I'm committed. Yeah, we're arrogant there, <laughs> and he meant it. He was sincere, and uh, he was fired up. He was and that's sincerely all great arrogant. Stuff, but he had a big lesson to learn. He's it, it, watch when he learns this lesson, he violates this psalm, and it yeah. it says in in this it talks about being with the wrong crowd, mm-hmm. and uh, show me your friends, show you your future. Yep. But it talks about walking in the, with the ungodly. It talks about standing with the ungodly and sitting right. with the ungodly. That's a progression. Yeah. You're kind of getting out there, and then you're kind of hanging in, and then you're and then you're sitting down. You're joining. You're joining in. And so when they arrest Jesus, uh, the other disciples flee, like Jesus said they would. And Peter's like one up on these guys. Him, him, and John he talks John into following. Let's 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 follow him. So he, they're kind of hiding in the dark, and they're kind of following along. He actually talks a lot into a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. And then John kind of gets with it. Like, ah, I'm not with you, Peter. I'm going back with the other guys. And, uh, and, and, of course, the other guys, they, they fled, but they did not deny the Lord three times, which Peter's, right. as we'd say down south, he's fixing to do. So what does he do? He walks. He follows him afar off. He's walking with who? The counsel of the ungodly. And then they're, they're out in the courtyard there, uh, at the uh, praetorium where Jesus has been taken in to stand before the, San, uh, the Sanhedrin and then Pilate and back, uh, and then to Herod and then back to Pilate and the San, all that. So he's there in the, in the courtyard and they have a fire. It's, it's cold out and he stands with them. He's standing uh, with them in the council. Warming trying, his hands. Warming his hands by the fire. And he's trying to fit it, you know, kind of fit in with the crowd to see what's going on. He's well, even to, even to the point where they call him out, he curses in denial. Yeah. You know, you're one of them. No, I'm not. Uh, Yes, you are, and I don't know what you're talking about. And then the third time, he cursed. He cursed. And when he cursed, then they're like, yeah, he probably wasn't with him because those guys that hung out with Jesus would never curse. Yeah. But then it actually but, uses the word stand. He followed off. He followed. He walked. And he stood with them, with the un- unrighteous, and he sat by the fire, warmed his hands. He, he walked. He stood. He sat. He violated all three of those points. And then he now has no spiritual strength at all. He's completely controlled by fear, emotion, and he does the unthinkable. And then what does the Bible say about Jesus? Oh, Jesus, the cock crows. And as soon as Peter hears it, Jesus turns and looks at him. He sees Jesus and he went out. Their eyes met. Jesus saw right through him and Peter's reliving. I'll never deny you. They will. I... Oh, and he he got it. He oh, he got out. it then. He went out and wept violently. Yeah, yeah. He 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 was. Broken. He literally became physically sick from weeping. But what was really cool after he denied him. They're hiding for three days. Jesus rises again the third day, 
and Peter or Jesus gave specific instruction. Or I think the angel gave specific instruction for the girls to go back and tell the disciples. Basically, and Peter. Peter. That's the coolest part. And and I want to say this: that as soon as their eyes met, because he had violated all three yeah. of Psalm one, right? Just like Jesus said, you would. You yep. deny me three times. You know what he did. He went right back to the very first thing of the five basics that we just gave you. He repented, confessed his sin. Simple formula. He knew it. He stuck. Because here's the thing. It doesn't matter where you've been, how far you went, or how much you deny Christ, or what you've done anywhere in between. As long as you begin with confessing your sin. Yeah, he didn't, any, didn't need any psychoanalysis. He didn't need nope. any uh, drug, drug therapy. He just needed to get. He just needed to, to get right to G- with Jesus, and that started with, Lord, forgive me. Yeah. Then, that, then it goes on, and it says in verse 2, so verse 1 tells us uh, to cancel out the world. Literally, separate yourself from the world. Stop the busyness of the world. Don't walk, stand, and sit with the world and all that, it, all that is going crazy and it has to offer. Then the second thing says... But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. If you want to walk closer to Jesus, you have to cancel out the world, silence the world, go to your secret place, and then you have to delight in the law of the Lord. You have to delight in the word of God. I find that just happens automatically once I'm there. I've never had to struggle with that once I get there. So I tell a lot of distractions, but once you get there, it happens for me. It's so sweet. And I I, I had brought this up last night in our Bible study. And I said, Hey guys, here's how you know if you delight in the law of the Lord, when you're on Facebook and you're perusing through all the stuff that you have and you're reading all the memes and a meme comes up that has a verse on it and you don't read the verse, you just look for the next meme. That's all about the world. You don't delight in the law of the Lord. You you don't delight in it. I'm sorry, but you're not finding great joy to stop and read the word of God. You might say, I already know that or uh, no, no, listen, I'll stop and go breath of fresh air. Yeah. John, I'd like to take a kind of a final point for me that that's real important on this topic um, has to do, we, we talk about the negative friends, but there's also the positive. I mentioned the, the, the barber, Don Hirschner, but then there, there's other people. I just want to call one's name out here in just a moment. But you know, that when I'm all in love with G, uh, Joellen and Joellen, this, you know, when I got back with Joellen from separation from school and I'm back with her, you know, I'd plan out special events. Right. We'll go to special places where we had our first date and, you know, kind of special alone and <laughs> have a little special devotion. You know, we should do that with Jesus, you know, just say, you know, Lord, uh, tomorrow mm-hmm. I'm going to take a sweet hour of prayer. I'm going to meet with you at seven to eight o'clock. I'm not going to, it's just me and you. I'm tuning out the world. I just want to be with you, Jesus. And then I'll, I'll have a preparation. I'll have a, a time of praise and I'll, I do my ABCs with Jesus. A, you're my alpha. Yes. You're awesome. B, you're beloved. C, you're the Christ. A, you're the anointed one. D, you're my deliverer. E, you're everything to me. You're the everlasting father incarnate in the flesh. F, you're faithful. Uh, G, you're the great I am. And, and I just go through I, my ABCs with Jesus, and I worship him. And um, great things happen in our hearts when, we, when we're intentional and we're intense. It has, And that's, that's what has to be. So, guys, verse 2 is you delight in the law of the Lord or the word of God. <clears throat> and then your reward is verse 3. You will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its seasons, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I love the fact that he says, whose leaf won't wither. That literally means there's nothing about you that will fall apart. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree and bring forth its fruit in its season. As you get older, the fruit can be sweeter and better. Oh my, It's amazing. So if you want to walk closer to God, verse 1, get rid of the distractions. Verse 2, study and stay focused on the Word of God. Verse 3, you'll get your prize, and that is a healthier life and a wonderful relationship with your Lord and Savior. Verse 4, the ungodly are not so. It's quite simple. Contrast. The ungodly, and and I'm going to say here, this is the lost. They're like chafe, which the wind drives away. The ungodly will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So I'm looking at this on a spiritual level. 
and the ungodly will not experience verse three. So you can be a child of God and be ungodly and miss the reward of God. And so if you want to walk with Jesus, it's going to require you to get focused on him. It's going to be intentional. Nobody ever walked close to Jesus by accident. It's not going to happen. You have to be intentional. You will be intense about it as well. You have to block out the world. You have to delight in his word, and then you'll reap the reward in verse 3. Make sure that you confess your sins before God, that you do your Bible study, that, uh, that you uh, have prayer, that you go to church, and that you are obedient. And I promise you that if you do all of these things consistently, have patience, you've taught yourself how to run and be distracted all the time. Now you're going to have to teach yourself how to sit and be still and know he is God. Amen. That's going to take practice. But I promise you, if you practice, if you stay at it, and you keep going forward and being consistent with intentionality and intensity, you will have a relationship with Jesus that people only dream about. Hey, guys, I hope this has helped you. If so, please like, share, follow, subscribe. And until next week, God bless. God bless.